Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I don't have anything printed today. I'm going to just completely overwhelm you with a lot of information. I've got so much to say. It's been a crazy last couple of weeks and I'm going to try to summarize in my opinion what is going on these days. Hopefully you'll enjoy my perspective on that. The main thing I'm thinking is it's it has begun. I've sort of been waiting this for about 15 years since the last financial crisis, as they call it. And I've pretty much figured that what they did in 2009 and 10, after the, quote, great financial crisis of 08, what they did was like a Band-Aid. It didn't fix anything. And it turns out that it took... 12 or 13 years of mismanagement to arrive at the point that we're at now where everything I've been talking about for the last few years is now in motion. And what's happening is the dollar is finally heading towards its intrinsic value, which, as I've been talking about, goes to zero after the average lifespan of a currency, as I've said before, is 29 years. The dollar has been decoupled from gold for 51 and a half years, 52 years. So this is the death of the dollar that we're witnessing. Everything went haywire after 10 years of zero interest, artificially low zero interest. Europe has had negative interest rates, which is not even, it's like, That can't even exist in a universe, but it does. Negative interest rates should not exist, but they do. Zero interest rates should never exist for 10 or 12 years, but they have. And this is the price that we're paying. I'll try to summarize the way I see this. When the Federal Reserve, which is not federal... They now have no reserves because they're completely bankrupt. But when they started raising interest rates, as I've said before, when interest rates go up, the value and the worth of a bond that pays interest goes down. So if I bought a bond when it was paying 2%, but the latest bonds for sale are paying 5%. No one 
would buy my bond from me at its face value. They would have to buy it at a discounted value to make their return on my 2% bond. In other words, my 2% keeps getting paid to me. If they buy my bond, they want 5% because they could have bought a new bond for five at 5%. So they'll offer me, and I don't, I don't have the math in front of me. That's not what this is about. So if I spent $10,000 on my 2% bond a few years back, they might be offering me $6,000 today if I need to liquidate it because if they buy a brand new $10,000 bond, they make 5%. Hopefully you're following me up to that point. So my bond that I bought for 10 is now worth 6. Here's the problem. The laws that went into effect after the disaster of 2008 allowed banks to carry those bond investments in a section of their balance sheet called hold to maturity, which says, okay, general public, I spent 10000 I'm the bank now talking. I spent 10000 on this bond that pays 2%. Now that the new bonds are paying 5%, my $10,000 bond, if I needed to sell it today, I could only get $6,000. But the law allows me as a bank to list my bond, my 2% paying bond, that's worth $6,000, the law allows me to list that bond in my balance sheet as held to maturity bond, and I get to call it $10,000. So if you're wondering what happened to Silicon Valley Bank, their depositors started pulling out all their money, a lot of their money, and the bank needed to sell their asset, some of their assets. So they went to grab, for instance, a $10,000 bond paying 2% that used to be worth 10,000 on their balance sheet, but they could only sell it for six. That is, in my opinion, and I, I'm a CPA, I'm not gonna call myself a financial expert, but. I've been around the block. I've been a CPA for 32 years plus. And I'm just saying that this is my take on what's happening. And I've been saying lately that all these banks are broke. Here's the problem we're all running into right now. Some of these banks will be backstopped and saved. And unfortunately, other banks will be not saved. That's where the main problem lies with this bank thing. So I'm just trying to give you my take on what's happening. So what's happening is, a week and a half ago, on over the weekend after this Silicon Valley Bank problem, 
Janet Yellen, who is the former head of former chairman of the Federal Reserve and current Treasury Secretary working for our government, first came out and said, we're not bailing anything out. Then a week and a half ago on Sunday, they came out and said, oh, every depositor at Silicon Valley Bank will be made whole. In other words, they just backstop the entire uninsured, and this also involves the FDIC, which I'll talk about in a little bit, and I've mentioned that before. They decided to guarantee the money of every depositor at that bank, even though I think 95% of the deposits were over the FDIC limit of 250000 per depositor. In other words, all of these people would and should have lost their money, but they got bailed out. To me, the real problem with that is that just a few days ago on Friday, Janet Yellen said that, no, we will not automatically protect all depositors at all banks. We will decide, and they have their speak that they do to make it sound like it's legit. Nothing they do is legit. The bottom line of the testimony a few days ago is that no, not all depositors over the FDIC limit will be bailed out. Only the ones we pick and choose. The problem here is that that's highly, not only completely immoral, but it's illegal. Either they insure nobody or they insure everybody, but they cannot pick and choose. And that's where we're at right now. What's going to, the bottom line of what's going to happen with all this is that a lot of people are going to move their high value deposits that are over the FDIC limits, which is very common. They're going to start moving those to the gigantic top five, too big to fail banks that we know the Federal Reserve and Treasury Department will backstop with bailouts. In other words, J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and I don't know, Morgan Stanley. I'm not sure which the fifth one is. They're all a bunch of crooks. I don't really pay a lot of attention except when I have to. The bottom line is that you have just been told that if your bank fails, and almost all banks are bankrupt, if your bank fails, we may or may not restore your money. And this is a whole nother problem in addition to the FDIC issue, which I'll talk about soon because that's part of this whole thing. Even if you have less than 250 in the bank, which most regular people, and I'm sure most listeners on, on this show would be normal people that don't have over 250 in the bank, 
The FDIC covers one bank at a time. If multiple banks, quote, go down, end quote, the FDIC does not have enough money to even replenish those ones with accounts of 250 or less that are promised the FDIC insurance. Remember, the FDIC was invented as a something to make people feel safe about leaving their money in these banks after the depression where all the banks went bust. It's a it's a fractional reserve system, only something like 0.03% of the total deposits is in the FDIC vaults. If multiple banks fail, the FDIC will not be immediately putting your money back into your bank account. It could take a lot of time. It'll be a mess. There's definitely a mess coming. I don't know exactly what the mess is exactly going to look like. But based on what's happened in the last 10 or 11 days, I'm here giving you my opinion of what's going to happen and what is happening with our bankrupt, fake bank monetary system. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. I'll be right back with more information. Culture and life are moving. It's flowing. You're caught in life's rapids. But which direction is it flowing? It's flowing in the direction of overload. Culture and life have a strong current that pulls you away from family, friends, church, and community. More rapidly than you can imagine. We are more acquainted with characters on TV programs than we are with friends and neighbors. Technology and media have not been kind to families or individuals. It's time for a change. Intentional change. Like less time on the computer. Less time with TV and video games. Less time on the phone. Simplify and slow down. Loosing yourself in the grip of technology and entertainment will create a more satisfied feeling. You can do it more often than you think. Take control of the accelerator pedal for your family. It can happen with little deliberate choices and the edge will be taken off the overload, moving you out of life's turbulent rapids into the smoother waters of God's peace. A message from Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Please don't go on like this. Learn from the history of Israel. I'll never forsake you. I'll still be there, but don't think that I won't bring my temporal chastening into your life because I will, because I don't want you to ruin your life. David Hawking with a warning against testing God's patience. This week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. 
discussing the interesting developments of the last week or two. As I said earlier, it has begun. I've pretty much been waiting for this unraveling of the system for 10 or 12 years, and they started it with their money printing in 2010. The main thing also to remember is that the definition of inflation is not higher prices. The definition of inflation is the increase in the money supply. The higher prices that we're seeing is the result of inflation. In other words, it's the result of the increase in the money supply. Now, here's the real devious, dirty trick they're playing. While all this is going on, they are artificially keeping the price of gold and silver looking to be very low to make sure nobody rushes in and buys gold and silver. That's their, that's their one thing they have to make sure that they never allow is people to realize that they should have been buying gold and silver instead of leaving their money in these bankrupt, rotten banks. That is the real dirty part of this whole thing. So what I'm trying to say is that why, when you think about it, why couldn't they just make everything work out by continually printing, 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 printing forever and just pay for everything with all these new dollars? For a while it works. It's been working because of the crooked system of pricing silver and gold. The problem is when confidence in the dollar does fall, which it's beginning to, everybody that you know will begin talking about gold, silver, and taking their money out of the bank and buying physical metal. Once enough people do that, number one, the physical metal won't be available. Number two, the banks won't let you take your money out. And that's when the whole thing just goes kaput. And we're almost at that point. I, I can't say how long it's going to take. One of the factors that is in play right now is... There was a major European bank failure just today, uh, just yesterday, and that's called Credit Suisse. I believe it's the second largest bank in Switzerland. Remember, Switzerland used to be the place where everybody envied their wonderful banking system and how solid everything was and all gold-backed, and they have all the gold refineries over there still. The problem is about 10 years ago, the Swiss Central Bank, which is the Federal Reserve over there, I think it's called the Swiss National Bank, they actually began buying American securities in their reserves, like Amazon, Tesla, whatever. When I read that 10 years ago, I knew the end was coming. And I was right. 
And I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I obviously am not a market timer because I never expected them to make this last this long. But I believe it's coming to an end now. The banks are unraveling. They're all insolvent because of these interest rate rises. What's really going to be interesting is to see if this week they raise the interest rates again. I don't know what they're going to do. If they raise again, I think that's a death knell. If they don't raise or if they lower, that's going to be the open faucet to everybody go out and buy silver and gold. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're sort of in a corner. This thing about the Credit Suisse is interesting because it has... It has ended up where the bondholders who should have come ahead of the investors, in other words, basic common stockholders are the last on the list to ever get repaid when things go bad. Bondholders are above them. And what happened with this Credit Suisse thing is they actually let the bondholders go to zero. They let the bond value go to zero and they protected the in the capital stockholders. I'm not sure exactly what effect that's going to have on this whole Credit Suisse. The problem is these banks are all interconnected with these derivatives and these derivatives are in the multiple trillions of dollars. And the problem is If there's $10 trillion of derivatives that are not going to be honored by a bankrupt bank, that means that there's $10 trillion of assets somewhere on another bank's balance sheet that's never going to be received. That's how they talk about this domino effect. When you hear the word derivative, just remember it's, a, it's any kind of investment that is derived from the price of something. And two-thirds of all the derivatives in the world, which are guesstimated to be worth about two quadrillion dollars, and it's beyond the point of even being able to describe how large a quadrillion is. A billion is hard enough. A trillion is almost impossible. I've tried. A quadrillion is a complete, utter joke. It's so big. And there's quadrillions of dollars now that are never going to be repaid. They're owed to somebody. Every, every derivative has a winner and a loser, but they're both losers when one party can't honor their side of the bet. And that's basically where we're at right now. When a big bank like Credit Suisse goes under, there's trillions of dollars of derivatives that are, it's called counterparty risk. And the people on the other side of these bets, even if they were right, like for instance, if somebody bet interest rates were going to go up, they might be sitting on a derivative that says that derivative just went up from $100 million to a $1 trillion in value. The problem is the other side of that bet just lost $900 billion and they can't pay. 
So the person who thinks they made $900 billion on this derivative bet they made, technically they did, but they're never going to get paid because the other side of the bet is bankrupt. That is why we are in such a mess that we're in. It's called contagion. And with this Credit Suisse going down, that's a huge, huge international bank. They're actually a dirty bank also. If you look it up, they've been, they've been helping drug dealers and human traffickers, and they're dirty, dirty. But this, that's, that's not the point of my exercise tonight. My point tonight is that the system is collapsing. We're in the middle of it. And the dirty part is that nobody is being told that the only safe place to have your money right now is in physical metal. Everything else has counterparty risk. Your stock account has counterparty risk. Your bank account has counterparty risk. And I've told you before, legally, when you put money in the bank, you're lending it to them. And if they lose the money, which they do a lot, you're not, it's not your money to say, I want my money back. It's up to them to give it back, and they may or may not do that. That's what we're all facing right now. And the best advice I can give is just keep in the bank what you need to keep in the bank to make your normal bill payments, but get the rest into something that doesn't have counterparty risk. And I've been saying this for a long time. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I don't want to be Dr. Doom here, but... We are very close to the end of the dollar as a way of life, and it's not looking good right now. Stay tuned. I'll be right back in a little bit. These days, there's a lot of confusion about out-of-body experiences and even those who claim to have returned from the other side. So what's the truth about our eternal home? Join us when Chuck Swindoll presents what he calls an interview with one from beyond. That's Tuesday on Insight for Living. Show. I'm Scott Allred. I'm Ben Taney. And I'm Matt Four. This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour designed for the community and brought to you by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230 Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. And for more than 100 years, American Humane has been protecting animals in times of crisis. And if you're like me, your pet means the world to you, and you want to keep them safe if disaster strikes. American Humane's first responders are always prepared to rescue animals in danger, but you can also help. To learn more about disaster planning and keeping your animals safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. I can do this. We believe in you. Each day brings hope. 
Every day, millions of people celebrate their recovery from addiction and mental illness while others begin their journey. Be a part of it. Share your strength, support, and hope. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, talking about our current mess with these bank failures and problems. There's so many different topics that are related to this. I just want to educate as much as I can. Some of this is my opinion, but a lot of it is actually what's happening, and hopefully I'm wrong. So one of the main problems that we have is that we hold dollars for our bank accounts and our investments. And over the last, especially since this Russian-Ukrainian thing, we have alienated a lot of the world to where they don't want to use dollars. And there's a thing called the BRICS and the BRICS Plus. I've mentioned it before. BRICS started as its B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. That's the original BRICS. And now it's BRICS Plus and it's spreading around the world. And I think it's about two-thirds of the world's population once either is in the BRICS Plus or wants to join them. Saudi Arabia wants to join The latest I just heard is Mexico wants to join. The other interesting thing about Mexico is it's the country with the most silver in the whole world. And once silver is free to be, once silver is free to be the value that it should be, Mexico will probably be the richest country in the world, which is very interesting because right now it's kind of like a third world poor country, but only because the price of silver is being suppressed and it's been suppressed for the last 170 years or so. And I've got another story about the metals market I'll talk to you about, but I I don't want to get off the subject of the dollar. So the dollar is just not in demand like it used to be. And one of the reasons is we, the dollar has been the world reserve currency since after World War II But when the entire world sees us acting stupid, sanctioning Russia, who has all the oil, gas, gold, and uh, all the resources, and we kick them out of our payment system called SWIFT, it's just like, like asking for everybody to just leave the dollar. And that's what's happening. So when there's less demand for the dollar the value of the dollar will go down. And that's also what causes inflation. So the BRICS nations are basically going to do their own trading. They may do it on a gold-based system. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know. They probably would because they probably hold 90% of the world's 
Gold reserves are probably owned by the BRICS plus nations now. So we're not, we're not required. The dollar is not required to be used anymore. And so the demand for the dollar will be just declining as we go here. And as demand for the dollar goes down, the value goes down. And the real problem is that once people are no longer interested in holding dollars, where do they go? What do they buy? And the answer would be gold and silver. And that's what is going to happen. I'm not sure when it'll happen. And when it does, everything changes. Now, as far as the metals industry, they're complete crooks. The regulators are completely crooked. There is no regulation of these futures markets that set these low prices for metals. And a real interesting thing, I brought up a I brought this up before on this show. I mentioned the nickel market in London. It blew up a year or two ago. I think it was two years ago. I can't remember. And here's the dirty dealing that happened there. The London Metals Exchange, the LME, is owned by the Chinese. The Chinese were, as usual, shorting the metals to make the prices low so they can grab them all. And the nickel market was being artificially shorted. And the nickel market blew up. And in one day, the price went, I don't remember, they go by the ton or something. It went from like 10,000 a ton to 50,000 a ton in an hour. And the people who were long betters just made billions of dollars. The people who were short, which were mainly the Chinese owners of the exchange, lost billions of dollars. What do you think happened? And I've told you this before on this show. The exchange came in and said, well, we're just going to cancel all these trades. Nobody made any money. Nobody lost any money. We're just canceling them. So that's how they handle things during these crooked, crooked, fake markets. Now, the interesting article that just came out uh, Friday is that the nickel market has these bonded warehouses that are allowed to store all the nickel that they claim they have in their, in their inventory for all these crooked trades they do. Well, guess what? It turns out that the bags of nickel in one of these bonded warehouses were actually bags full of rocks. And you can look that up. Just type in uh, London Metals Exchange bag of rocks and you'll, you'll see the article. Unbelievable. So they're so crooked that what they claim is in their warehouse turns out is actually not even there. Now, what I'm saying is going to happen is that silver and gold are going to have the same situation. Silver and gold are going to, quote, go nickel at some point. People are going to find that the bags of silver in the bonded warehouses 
sworn to and signed to and verified by J.P. Morgan and all these crooks, it's going to turn out that the bags in there are full of rocks. Bottom line is, when the charade ends, which it looks like it's going to end fairly soon, I'm not sure when, when it ends, look out, because the true value of things has not been discovered in 170 years of what an ounce of silver really should be worth or an ounce of gold should really be worth. When it does get discovered, no one will even believe how high of an amount that is. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a certified financial planner. I'm not telling you to go out and buy all this. I'm just telling you my opinion. This is not financial advice. It's entertainment. But to be honest, when the stuff hits the fan, no one is going to believe how valuable these things really are. And we have none of them. Nobody really has any. All the markets are fake. The stock market's fake. The bond market now is fake. It goes, bonds are supposed to be steady, eddy, real safe investments that you can hold on to for 20 years in your, quote, portfolio. Look at the bond market these days. Every day it flies around. Uh, the, the rates go up from 4% down to 36 back to 4.1, down to 3.5. These are fake markets. And unfortunately, everybody who looks at their computer thinks that they have so many dollars in their account. But when push comes to shove, you may or may not get those dollars back. It just happens that the Silicon Valley Bank account holders got bailed out because that's the right kind of people that deserve to be bailed out in our current crooked, filthy, dirty, rotten system. Yours may not be bailed out, and you could end up waiting months to get your FDIC money back into your bank. All I'm saying is that the system's fake, the money's fake, we've been played for decades and decades, and I guarantee that the people who tell you not to buy precious metals have probably been buying them hand over fist as much as they can for the last 10 or 15 years. That's my opinion. Not a financial advisor. Don't play one on television. I'm just telling you what I think. And what I think is we've all been played and it's going to come home to roost pretty soon. I think the end is near, and the banks are all broke. The bigger the bank, the broker they are, but they won't let the big ones go bust. But they will keep printing money to prop the big ones up, and all that does is devalue the dollars you hold. It's a very crooked system, and the people running it are not very nice people. I won't go into that whole department at all, but they aren't nice in my opinion. And this is all just my opinion. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'll be back in just a little bit.
From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Dacus. South Dakota's Governor, Kristi Noem, recently signed into law the Help Not Harm Bill, formerly known as House Bill 180. Now, the legislation will ban sex change surgeries and experimental puberty blockers to minors experiencing gender dysphoria. Well, PJI applauds Governor Noem's efforts and asserts that this bill also aids in protecting parents' rights to decide what's best for their children. Today, educational institutions are one of the main drivers of such radical ideology affecting our children. PJI.org. Learn more about our ministry and get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at PJI.org. Remember the website, PJI.org. The people we call the unchurched often have a very different view than we have. Yeah, man, I believe there's a God, a higher spirit, whatever you want to call it. You can have faith in anything you want. There are many different views on God out there, so we want to be the station where people can tune in and find some real truth presented in a relevant, respectful way. Did you know that about a third of our audience doesn't even go to any church at all? Well, thanks to your financial support of our ministries, we're able to be here with a message for everyone. People who go to church and people who don't. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you're able to spend part of your busy day with me. I've really just been amazed at all the news over the last week and a half. It's just been pretty, pretty incredible. And every day is just a new adventure when it comes to crooks and how they... Crooks be crooked, I guess, is the one thing I can say. You can't change their stripes. They'll always be crooks. You give them the chance, they'll take advantage of it. There's just so many subjects that sort of relate to this, but the bottom line is banks are bankrupt. Dollars are fake. Dollars are worthless. For now, they'll buy what they'll buy. So if you feel that the dollars are going to go down in value, which I'm saying they probably will, even though this is not financial advice, it's entertainment and it's my opinion, you might want to go buy things that you need to buy because they're probably going to cost more dollars later. I have noticed that gas is now... The lowest gas used to be under $4 a gallon. Now it's about $4.39 locally. So that's 10% in the last month or two. Food, forget it. I I like to take a little cash to the grocery store just because it's easier because I'm not, obviously I'm not deducting groceries for my taxes. So I don't need a big record of what I spent at Safeway or Rayleigh's. And it's amazing the other day, I think I mentioned this, but I grabbed a couple hundred dollars cash and went into the Safeway for a small load of stuff. And by the time they were ringing it up, I had to tell her to stop, skip those last two items. I ran out. 
I only brought $200. Unbelievable. Fruit and vegetables don't seem to be going up that much. Maybe it's because we live in California and that's where they that's where they're grown. I'm not sure. But eggs, bread. I'm trying to think of what oh, I know what it is. I was on the road the other day. I stopped at a gas station for a little pit stop and I wanted to grab a diet drink without too much caffeine so I found a diet Dr. Pepper bottle like a 16 ounce bottle and I had a little cash in my pocket so I grabbed two one dollar bills and I handed the bottle to the cashier and figured oh it'll be a dollar 89 now with inflation and I'm standing there with my two one dollar bills in my hand and she rings it up and it's 2.89 for one bottle of diet dr pepper imagine my shock so i had to pull out like a 10 dollar bill and get all the change blah 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 my point is that's at least i mean there's no way that was anything close to 2.89 just a year ago that's at least 50% inflation on a lot of things that people buy The real problem with this kind of inflation is that people that don't make a lot of money spend a bigger percentage of their income on basic goods, food, rent, gas. That's that's what eats up their money. So when food, rent, and gas go up by 20%, you just cut out the average person's extra money that they could maybe go to the movies with or go out to dinner with once a week or once a month, you just cut out all of their spending money. And now all they can afford is the basic staples of food, gas, rent, car insurance. Oh, speaking of cars. A few days ago, for the first time in 35 years, I received a speeding ticket. I was shocked. But somebody had a radar gun and they got me. The good thing is I think when they ran my numbers and saw how clean of a perfect model citizen I am, I'm thinking the database doesn't even go back to the last time I got a ticket, which was the late 80s. And that was when everything was 55 miles an hour. It's like, duh, who wouldn't get a ticket back then? So I'm thinking since he ran my stuff and I was like Mr. Clean, he did me the favor of only writing me up for going 65 in a 55. But he sort of mentioned the actual speed he thought I was going. Now, of course, me being a person who has a law degree... Not an attorney. Don't play one on television. But I knew that you never talk to a policeman or offer them any information. Now, I knew right from the get-go that I was not going to be fighting this ticket. In other words, 
I'm not going to drive down to, oh, what's the name of that Yolo County seat where the fairgrounds is? On the way to Davis. Can't remember. Williams? I can't remember. Anyway, I knew I was not going to fight this ticket, but I do know that the biggest trap is when they walk up to the car, if they say, do you know how fast you were going and you give them an answer, you're done. You can't even fight it after that. So I knew I wasn't going to ask that, but he didn't ask. I wasn't going to answer like that, but he didn't ask me that. He was very polite and nice about it. And he said, I pulled you over for speed. And then he ran all my stuff. But like I say, I doubt if they even have a record of my ticket back in 1987 when it was still 55. But the bottom line is I haven't got my ticket in the mail yet. And I'm hoping with inflation that it's not over a couple hundred dollars. Now, what I am going to do is I'm going to go to traffic school so I have a clean record again. What I can't remember is if you go to traffic school, does that negate the big fine you have to pay on this ticket or not? And I can't remember that. It may, it may not. Hopefully it will, because I'm guessing... This is tax season. I'm really tired. Excuse me. I'm guessing that my ticket's going to be somewhere between two and $300. Because inflation, as we've discussed, everybody has to make a living now, even all the sheriffs and highway patrol. I don't begrudge the highway patrol. The work they do is very important. The things they have to deal with are pretty bad. I would never do it. And I'm not begrudging the fact that he radar gunned me, but I think radar guns are a little bit unfair. Whatever. I got caught. Whatever. I guess I was speeding. I'm not confessing. Even on the air, I'm just going to say I was going 55. I think his radar gun was like not calibrated properly. Even though I might not fight it in court, I believe I was going 55 and I believe his radar gun was not calibrated properly. But I'm not going to drive to, I think it's Williams. I'm not going to drive to Williams to try to fight it. But I am going to go to traffic school. I'm just hoping traffic school is offered after April 15th. Tax season is really, really, really hectic for tax guys like me. So what else can I talk about in the last few minutes of the show? Let me see. Gold touched 2,000 an ounce the other day. Silver went up almost a dollar an ounce the other day. That was pretty nice. Like I say, though, the markets are fake. Everything's fake. The regulators are crooks. 
The one guy that did come out and say that it's crooked, his name was Bart Chilton, C-H-I-L-T-O-N, if you want to look that up. A couple weeks after he did an interview talking about how crooked it was, he was dead. That's all I'll say about it. In other words, these guys don't, they don't play games. They play the real deal. So look up Bart Chilton. Look up the Bart Chilton interview with, oh, what's the guy's name? Chris Marcus. I think it was Chris Marcus and Bart Chilton. Two weeks after that interview, Bart was dead at about age 55. Now, this is pre-pandemic. Remember, these days, if someone dies at 55, it's completely understandable. If you know what I mean, wink, wink. But back in the pre-pandemic days, there was really no excuse for a healthy guy to die at 55. I mean, it did happen occasionally, but not all the time. So, yeah, that would be an interesting little homework project for you. Look up Bart Chilton interview death. Try that as a, don't go to Google, go to Brave, B-R-A-V-E, that's the, that's the one I use, I use Brave, they don't track you, Google tracks you, Google's very handy for things like when you're traveling out of town, and you need to get your directions on your phone, Google is great, uh, So Google's great for certain things, but not for everything. So don't be Googling Bart Chilton death on Google. Google it on Brave. Or at least DuckDuckGo, which is, eh. I used to think it was cool. Now I don't think it's so cool, but it's still better. Anything's better than Google. Nothing's worse than the New World Order running the Internet. Google, Facebook... The old Twitter, see Google, Facebook, the old Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I don't use any of those, but nothing is worse than those big companies. Oh, Amazon. I got to admit I use Amazon. It's too darn convenient. But my clients who used to make a lot of money selling on Amazon, the Amazon has changed all the calculations and they don't make money anymore. So Amazon is not a nice place. But I use them, I got to admit, they're darn convenient. When I need a box of, here's my problem, and I've mentioned this before. In the old days, I could, I could go to the, the side of town that my business is on, which I consider the north side of Chico. And if I needed something, I could go to Kmart or True Value Hardware close by and get what I need. Well, now, all of the places that have office supplies and things are all on the south side of town, and it's a 10-minute drive for me to even get there. If I need to go to Wally World, Costco, Target, Best Buy, Staples, Office Depot, they're all on the south side, and it's hard to do. If somebody would just put a nice office supply place on this side of town again, I would love it.
and I would use it. Well, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate your listening. It's a fake world. Your money's fake. The dollars are fake. The prices are fake. And watch out, because the banks are broke. I'll talk with you next time.